Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. This week we've got EJ Hassenfratz. He is a freelance motion graphic artist and an educator. Thank you so much for being on the show, EJ. Well, thank you so much for having me, Blair. It's been a long time coming. I know we talked about this what node at node before in november even so i think it's yeah like before that year. even wow <laughs> so, i know Jeez. you know yeah let's maybe we'll talk again and you know let's schedule that now so next year <laughs> we'll actually talk then exactly exactly no thank you so much for your patience because it uh the show went on a bit of a hiatus there for a bit while i was freelancing myself so thank you so much for being on today well, i'm glad you're back so EJ, for those of the audience who don't know what you do, do you mind sort of describing um, the type of freelance work that you're doing? Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny because when I first jumped into freelance, which was about five years ago, and it's kind of crazy to, to think that I've been doing it for that long, uh, I, I kind of was coming from, a, I, I started in local news, so I was just doing news graphics at the time and kind of transitioned over and got a lot of gigs from uh, like sports graphics and stuff like that and you know things that would be played live at the sporting events and be on the jumbotrons and stuff like that and actually one of the companies that I worked for even way back then I I just that was like the most recent uh, project I did which was uh, a projection mapping project which is they'll just project graphics and you know 3D mograph stuff onto you know, a, a hockey, you know, ice uh, surface or, you know, uh, actually just the one I did was for uh, e-gaming. So yep. it's gone from like doing actual professional sports to e-sports, which is very interesting to see that like e-sports is becoming this massive, massive thing where they're making as much money as like professional leagues, which is kind of crazy. So that's that's always interesting to see. uh you know that a lot of motion graphics were coming from that venue now uh but that's i've done projection mapping stuff done 360 video stuff uh most recently uh and one of the things i've been doing a lot more lately is working with maxon and their website cineversity.com and doing uh, training for them, and and that's kind of a fun gig because I have to develop like a scene file or something like that. Actually, the thing I'm working on right now is really easy ways to animate characters or inject character into objects. And uh, I had to make this whole little cool scene, animate and rig all these characters. And then the fun thing after you know you get done with it is you actually show people how to make it. And I really love that aspect of like kind of where my career was when I was 100% freelance and, you know, doing an odd tutorial here and there to now where it's kind of flipped where I'm doing the majority of the time is is teaching and, and doing stuff with Maxon or School of Motion or stuff from my site or LinkedIn uh, where I'm doing a majority work tr teaching and, you know, the oddball uh, client request that can actually fit with my my schedule, which is you know nice because I like the you know one week long projects because if you sign up for it and it's an, it's a complete client disaster at least you know after the end of the week it's done. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, can definitely relate there. So a lot of listeners will have recognized your education coming from iDesign, which is your website. So for Cinema 4D, 3D training, you're really well known in that area for those using Cinema 4D. And for those who aren't familiar, you came to a quite well-known recognition from doing 3D, but it being a very 2D aesthetic rather than a 3D execution. Yeah, I feel like that's where a lot of people started maybe paying more attention to my teaching and stuff like that. And and I think it was just a, a, a switch of my teaching mentality, which was, you know, when I first started doing tutorials, and I feel like this is what a lot of people did back then. It's probably, I don't know, maybe a lot of people are doing that now where, they're just trying to show off, like, check out this really technical thing that I can do, and I'm going to show you how to do it. And it's, like, super technical, but it's really cool. And for a majority of the people, it's just completely over their heads. Yeah. But that's kind of like what, you know, you're trying to, like, puff out your chest, like, check out this thing that I figured out. And it's like, I'm so smart. And I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so that I tried doing that <laughs> and uh, found out that that just wasn't for me. Like, I don't. I don't find enjoyment by showing someone how to do something super complicated. My thing is showing someone how to do something that looks super complicated, but actually making it really, really easy. Like for me, my, my view of software is that it should just be a very easy to use tool to yeah. facilitate that artist's vision. So if you have something, a piece of software that's just, super complex like something like houdini is something where i feel like it just is so intense and hopefully someday it'll be more of like an artist tool versus like a developer programmer scripting kind of tool yeah but i always felt that if if something was that hard to do the software was doing a bad job it was made wrong so i feel like when i started doing those tutorials for the more 2d style um it was more I was doing that just because uh, I kind of wanted to focus on my own skills and my own f uh, fundamental skills of like design, color theory, and just animation. Yeah. And I knew I was horrible with color theory and I was very bad at like making good materials. Now, mind you, this was before Octane and Redshift became like super huge. So you know, that's when I started doing all the sketch and tune stuff. And at the time, uh, that the two, I mean, even now like 2d and like cell animation, like is such a huge thing. And I feel like people are really latching on to the movement of, of like really nicely done 2d animation, uh, which is really great. And I feel like, you know, what I ended up doing is, you know, while I was trying to figure out like, how do I do this, but do this in Cinema 4D? Because at the time I was so far down the Cinema 4D rabbit hole, every time I jumped into After Effects, and it's like this to this day, I don't know where the heck anything is anymore. <laughs> like, I just can't, like, how do I set a keyframe? Like, how do I animate in this app? Like, I've just done so much work in cinema that it was just second nature. So what I was trying to figure out is like, okay, I, I knew how to do this in After Effects, but... You know, if I build this in Cinema 4D, like not only is it in an app where I'm more familiar and I don't have to think so much about how to figure something out technically, but I can build it in 3D space. And, you know, if I want to rotate something, I just rotate it and I don't have to deal with, uh, you know, 
downloading some script or something to get fake parallax in, in, in After Effects or deal with that you know fake 2.5D kind of stuff. Uh, so that's really where I wanted to, to focus on. And when I started posting what I, what I was doing, people were like, how do you do that? How do you do that? So I was just like, oh man, like sketch and tune, like no one knows about this. Like it's amazing. And I think one of the major reasons was, is it was a renderer that still to this day hasn't been updated in, uh, maybe eight years. I don't know. They might've had like a very minor upgrade somewhere along the way, but bare like, uh, the skeleton of it, the basis of, of Sketch and Tune has really not changed. Uh, and it actually, you know, now these other renderers are doing the Tune stuff, and now I feel like Sketch and Tune is really starting to show its age a little bit just because now it has more competition. But uh, I think it just opened a lot of people's eyes to what was possible in Cinema 4D, and especially for uh, people who were in After Effects and you know, maybe we're like, well, I want to learn 3D, but I really don't have a use for it. You know, I'm a 2D artist, but I feel like now, especially with the, and like when the Spider-Verse movie came out, oh my God, like that just like, you know, made me feel, uh, redeemed in a way where it's like, see, this is a thing. Like this <laughs> is going to be a huge thing. Like everyone's doing the, the, the 2D and 3D and see what it can do. Like it's not just for like super technical, uh, you know, shiny dynamics and, yep. you know, photorealism renders like you can do that quality of work in, in 3d. So you can go the opposite end, uh, and do the 2d stuff, which I always, I think is really interesting now just because of just, I feel like we're, we went 2D, like everything was 2D and everything's cool in 2D. Now we're swinging the other way where like everyone's on the super photo real stuff just because it's so easy to render now and it's so fast to render. And, you know, as that pendulum swinging further to that side, I just love more and more that 2D or very colorful, whimsical, cartoony aesthetic. And I feel like when I went down the sketch and tune rabbit hole and found, you know, just enjoyment doing that, kind of discovered like, okay, this is the style I like, you know, I'm not, I don't like I, I don't find enjoyment doing photoreal stuff, you know? And what I um, really liked about, cause for many years I've watched your tutorials, but it's something that mm -hmm. when I've gone into um, tertiary education places and look, I've helped them with their curriculums in the past, um, something that really res I respected in the work that you're doing is actually allowing people to focus on an area. So it might be the animation and stripping back all the elements of like, well, you don't have to worry about the lighting. You don't have to make it beautiful. Really focus on on an area and fine tune and develop that skill set really strongly. And that's what I thought 2D tune style rendering really allowed is the focus on the animation and the character to come through. Precisely. And I think that's exactly where, uh, that's where like just personally for my personal development, uh, I went down that path because I feel like you, when you saw, and I still see it now, <laughs> people watch one of my tutorials and, you know, they'll show me like, Oh, I did your tutorial and they'll show me what they made with it. I'm like, Oh, that's great. You know, like thanks for watching, but like the colors are awful <laughs> and like the animation's not great. And I think the thing with that is, is 
I, I feel like, and this is this is the exact reason why I ended up going and stripping out all those, you know, preset textures and stuff you can download and, you know, preset lighting rigs and using Octane a lot is just because it's so easy to get to a nice result just by adding kit bash and throwing yeah. on preset materials and stuff like that and get something looking really cool. Even if you're not good at lighting, I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're gonna, you know, the clock's right twice a day, you know, you like, you can figure something out if it looks, you know, if you put a light some someplace and turn on volumetric, it's probably going to look kind of cool, you know, but yeah. when you go 2d and you strip all that away, like you have way less makeup to put on that pig <laughs> yeah. and like just what you made just stands there. And what you see is the color, you see the animation, there's nothing to hide any of your, you know, deficiencies as far as like your foundational skills. And like to this day, I still am leaning towards that. And uh, I feel like it, it's something I see uh, with even, uh, I don't want to say a lot. I feel like there's, I think there's more thought into, okay, I'm a 3D artist, but I can animate very well. Because I feel like you're seeing a lot of people from you know 2d animation backgrounds transitioning over to 3d and like really showing off like some really sick animation skills yeah and i feel like maybe that's becoming more of a more of a uh, focus now that you know mograph has been out for 10 years now and, and effectors and easy ways to animate i feel like yeah we've seen that we know exactly how you did that what what's what else is to it because 3d is becoming more of a mature field and i feel like now all those fundamental foundational skills like that's what's going to set you apart now just because the tricks are becoming easier and easier to learn yeah it when i was learning 3d it was a couple of decades ago and everything had to be done and it means like if you're doing a character you had to design the character make the geometry, make the skeletons, um, rig it, <laughs> create splines from scratch that you would connect to your rig. So like from the base level, having to do all those elements, would I want to do that now with um, character being in Cinema 4D being so easy? Well, no, but was I appreciative of having to go through that grind and have a really fundamental understanding? Totally. Because oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you could watch a video, but unless you actually put yourself physically through the steps of doing the actions and doing the hard yards, it's not going to stick and it's going to have no value for you. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, uh, I mean, that was me early in my career. I was just like, I'm I'm just doing this. Let's, uh, let's add dynamics. Let's do soft bodies and just do something. And it's like, well, why did you do that? Well, it's like, well, it looks cool and everyone's doing it. Uh, but now, but I think that's the thing is like now – character stuff is so easy now too like especially with mixamo and yeah and stuff like that like the stuff people's doing where he's just like now everything his every days are getting animated and he's got you know 10 characters fully animated characters in his scene now that's an easy thing to do so uh and i think this is something that i hung my hat on early when I started doing tutorials is like, I have the technical knowledge. I know how to figure this stuff out, but now it's like, it's so easy to figure out. I mean, 
it's getting harder in other places because now you have VR and AR and that's another layer of technical stuff where I feel like that's like the new, uh, maybe that's the next step where 3D goes uh, as far as, you know, adding that extra layer of complexity. Yeah. And, you know, we just don't have all these things figured out. It's kind of like, uh, always go back to when, like, uh, the transition from SD to HD. So, you know, we're working in SD and you're like, oh man, this is, this is rendering so slow. And then you finally get computers updated and you're like, oh, this SD stuff is rendering so fast. You know, like everything's so fast now I can do whatever I want. And then they upgrade to HD and you're like, oh, we're slow again. Yeah. You know, like it's that not everything's as easy as it used to be and you have to, you know, spend more time figure out the technical aspect. I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but <laughs> it's I, I, kind of like how everything kind of resets again. There's yeah. an extra layer. I understand what you're saying. And say with like character animation with Max, uh, Mixamo, which has been put into R21, so it's really accessible. Somebody yeah. coming to character animation now has the ability to connect that and have something really nicely animated. I suppose it's like it's going to be harder for them to actually they're going to force themselves to really start looking at the work and what they're trying to achieve because it's going to be hard to not just be happy with the default but to keep pushing through right. to actually craft it to the execution that you're wanting and that's that's really what design animation motion is is the first 80% sometimes is really easy to get there but it's pushing through to get to the 100% that's the hard part yeah, I think with uh, like even with stuff like that, with like the character animation stuff, like do you know enough about rigging in general or weight painting or whatever that uh, you know if you see an example in a tutorial, like that's well and good because they did it just for that specific use case. But if you have a client, you're like, well, it's not your traditional biped. Uh, so what are you going to do? How are you going to adjust this? How is it going to work? What if it doesn't work? Yeah. precisely the perfectly like it does in like the Maxon demos, you know? Yeah. Like, do you know how to adjust that? Um, but hopefully we get to the point where it's like, everything's just automatic and you can just at that point, just focus on like, I'm going to model this character and, you know, hopefully modeling becomes even easier and UV mapping becomes even easier. Cause I feel like those are two, two barriers still that like, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, UV unwrapping and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but animation now is becoming way better. But yeah, at that, at that point, like what if Mixamo doesn't have the the right animation track that you want? How are you – or you need that embellishment. Like not, not every animation that a client's going to ask for is like just have someone walk forward for 60 <laughs> frames and just loop that. Like yeah. they're going to stop. They're going to grab something. You know, can you blend those together? Can you – add flourishes off of those base uh, rigs and, and add more personality. So, uh, yeah, I think with that, it's like, yeah, you have those shortcuts, but it also you also need that foundational knowledge of rigging to figure out, like, okay, how do I go from here? And that's a danger with so many um, of the skill sets within our industry because – Back in the day, it was like, well, everyone was doing tutorials and you say, well, don't rip it off because you put it in the reel and someone who's a professional right. probably would yeah. have seen a, 
Now we've got a, an environment where there are all these motion templates available from Video Hive, and it's right. it's kind of like, well, that's great if that perfectly suits the execution you need. But when you have to go in and then modify it or actually reimagine it, and that template doesn't work. Um, how an art director has, is asking you to execute it. That's where things can fall apart really quickly and being a professional. Right. And I think we're seeing, I was just thinking about this uh, when R21 was, uh, was announced and all the new features and specifically about like the character stuff. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're getting to this point with 3d where we were with 2d where like, uh, we use video hive you were talking about yeah where like there's just all these different services out there that have like motion graphics stuff and it's mostly a majority of it's like 2d at this point if it has any 3d in it all what from what i've seen it's like pre-rendered yeah or whatever uh but i feel like we're getting to this point and point now where uh well and the thing with 2d is people see all these templates so if a client comes to you and is like hey we have this really crappy budget. Uh, make this uh, five-minute explainer video. You're gonna be like, I'm gonna download all these freaking templates and the hell out of that because I have 500 bucks to deal with, or you know, yeah. that low budget. And I think, I think you're starting to see that creep into 3D now too, where clients are lowballing 3D art artists and stuff because I feel like they they see how easy it is to do some of this stuff, so they just assume like, oh, this is easy. I just saw this thing, like, just download that. Like, you just download that, right? And, yeah. Uh, I think, and I don't know, from what I've, from people that I know, some people are doing really well, but I feel like, and those are the, the really talented, like, really technical, like, great to work with people. But I've gotten a bunch of emails from people that, uh, you know, I, that maybe not, maybe don't know 3d that well, or, you know, they're just trying to get by in the industry and they're really struggling because like the budgets just aren't there and, you know, just expectations and just, there's so much stuff to learn these days. Now I feel like, uh, it's just, I think it's going to get harder and harder to, to keep up because you can't, you can't just rely on, uh, you know, just doing these templates and stuff you have to, well, and if you do, you have to, you have to know the template, what's out there, use it well, and have the technical and foundational ability and understanding to to really make something great with it, something that tells a story, something that makes your client happy. Um, yeah. I, it, yeah. It's just, I, just all the kit bash stuff these days. There's just so many presets now for 3D, you know? Yeah, I think it's um... – it's a, it's a hard one when you're trying to make a, a standing into a professional environment, um, especially if you're freelance and if you're, you aren't very experienced. That's where I'd point people to um, Joey's book, The Freelance Manifesto, because it's really, oh, yeah. it's knowing what type of clients and what type of projects they are, whether they're money earners or they're creative opportunities, but also knowing how to get the right clients. So... Part of it is going, well, you have to put the value on yourself of your own worth and what you need to survive. And maybe those clients that are under budget and really just want you to churn something for for whatever, it's not really about what you're creating or your skill set. Trying to find 
a better client base, which is easily said and hard to do, but Joey's book is a really good one of how to action that. Mm-hmm. So on that yeah, note, I always, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I always highly recommend his book for for people that are that, like that get stuck like that because the people that have emailed me like that, I'm just like, yeah, you need to, yeah, if you're not if if you're not getting the the high paying work and like let me see your work, okay, well your work's not that great. You have to focus on you then. Yeah, yeah, that that's so right. It's like, um, you have to be able to deliver if you're wanting to get. You know, if you're going to charge for it, you've got to be able to deliver as well. So yeah, totally. Right. So what I find so interesting about your career is you've moved from being on staff to being a freelancer, but really being able to grow a career as an educator. And I'm I'm quite interested to know that side of the business, is it um, healthy in a way that it, it is a real opportunity for you to make a living from that side of it? It is most recently with School Motion, and I am going to be joining up with School Motion full-time to, to head up their 3D, I'll, I'll be their uh, 3D creative director, so bringing on a lot of people to really beef up the 3D curriculum, uh, curriculum, <laughs> 3D curriculum there. Uh, good thing I'm not teaching on how to speak. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I think that's the thing is that what, and just t- talking about school motion is that they all of their classes are not uh, learn redshift, learn octane. It's yeah. learn animation. It's learn design. It's learn how to animate a character. Yeah. Um, now, my class is how to learn 3D, but it's 3D foundational stuff. You know, like we're not I'm not showing you how to uh, make a beeple render, you know, I'm showing you like, this is how to light correctly. This is how to use textures correctly. This is how to navigate in 3d space. This is like really good. This is how to like keep your, uh, object manager nice and tidy. This is how to optimize your scene. Uh, because what we're doing is, you know, a lot of people are coming from 2d, they jump on 3d just because you have to stay competitive. And, uh, there's just so much that you have to worry about making that jump that you, a lot of bad uh, bad habits start forming just because you're watching people do from tutorials and maybe those tutorial people aren't doing things the right way or doing it correctly. So, you yeah. know, and that's just all you know at that time. But uh, as far as as an educator, uh, I feel like it's it's you have to – yeah, I have to say, like, I have to be at the right place at the right time. I feel like I lucked into uh, everything that I'm doing now because, like, I I wouldn't have even been teaching to begin with if I didn't get if I didn't go to a, a meetup in D.C. about uh, eight years ago or nine years ago that I spoke at, and I've never spoke before, but they needed someone to talk about Cinema 4D, and I've been to the meetup a few times, so I was like, I'll do it. And one of my buddies that I knew, I was like, I'll do it if you do it. <laughs> it's a little Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing. Like, I'll drive off the edge of the cliff with you if you come with me. And so we, we ended up doing that. I was deathly afraid. Like, I, I hated public speaking. I got a C in that class in, in college. <laughs> and uh, but I just forced myself to do it. And I was like, let's just do it. Because I, this was when, like, Grayscale Gorilla was becoming a thing. And I was just like, this is so cool that this there's a community out there. And it's online, though. And, like, I really want to have that, you know, locally. So 
that's you know Nick really inspired me to like just get out and you know try to connect with my local community and be more be more active that way so spoke at that meetup and didn't know at the time but Maxon was recording it because they sponsored it so one of the I guess one of the catches was like yeah we'll sponsor your meetup but you have to record the presentations so they did that and uh, a few weeks later I got a call from Matthias who's like one of my very good friends now uh, he's just one of the greatest guys I've ever met but he he called me he's like hey uh, this is Matthias from Maxon uh, we saw your presentation at that animation meetup in DC and I'm like oh god <laughs> you, you actually recorded that uh, can you burn that tape um, and they uh, he said like oh no you did great uh, do you wanna come present in uh, Vegas at uh, NAB for us and we're gonna you're gonna do live demos it's gonna be recorded it's gonna be broadcast online I'm like oh my god <laughs> You go from like your first presentation to doing that in front of people. So it's like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, that's when I was like, okay, my presentation was awful. And I said ums about every other word. So I decided to just uh, start practicing. And that my practicing was recording tutorials. And because I feel like if you don't post, it's kind of like show your work, post your work. If you're not if you don't have that pressure of like that ultimately is going to be online and people are going to see it, you're not going to try as hard, you know? Yeah. So just kind of parlayed that into the uh, tutorials and, you know, presented and just found that, you know, I really enjoyed it. And it kind of was something that I've, I feel like a lot of people, you know, Nick inspired me a lot. Chris inspired me a lot. Joran from Pixel Lab inspired me a lot. I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to, people are giving me good feedback and people are finding value from it. And, you know, all these, you know, Nick and, uh, you know, some of the guys at Maxon, like um, Dr. Sassy and stuff like that. Like so many people are giving away knowledge that, you know, I was like, you know what, even if this helps like five people, like, you know, people have helped me. And this was before, you know, we have this tutorial explosion now. I don't know if I had that same experience now, if I'd, if I'd feel like I need to do tutorials just because there's so much out there already. Yeah. Um, so that's just, you know, timing and luck. And, you know, I just kind of stuck with it and got to the point where I'm like, you know what, I have met most of like lifelong, like, lifelong industry friends and, and people through tutorials and not necessarily like the work I do, but it's like work things that I make for my tutorials. You know, it's, I'm not known for doing anything amazing for Disney or Google or anything like that. You know, it's just, it's just this weird kind of area that I'm in. Uh, but I've just found that, you know, I find more joy in, you know, going to NAB and having someone come up to me and say like, oh, you helped me out on this project or you helped me get into 3D. I find that immensely more rewarding than doing a project that I'm really proud of. And then, you know, the, the imposter syndrome thing where it's like, yeah, that not, you look at that, that project you did two years ago, you're really proud about. You're like, that sucks now. You know, like now I got to one up myself. So I feel like with teaching, there's not necessarily that. It's just, you know, can I keep helping people? Yeah. And I've just found that that was just more rewarding to me than uh, 
trying to one up myself with client work. Like I love design and stuff, but I also love, you know, making what I enjoy making too. So, and your, your tutorials and your resources have helped so many. I myself have been looking at your content for years and years and it was, it was quite weird to see you, um, in person, uh, last year at NodeFest because when you've been watching somebody, you know, over the better part of a decade, you you know who they are and they have no idea who you are. So it's always <laughs> weird stepping up. And you must have that all the time where people feel quite familiar with you and you're like, well, nice to meet you. But I think that's how – I mean, it used to be weird maybe 10 years ago, but I feel like everyone knows everyone from the internet, from yeah. Instagram or whatever. So now it's just like – you're, we're all family, you know, and that's one of the greatest things about going to Node or NAB or, you know, any of those sh- any of those shows, which uh, to any of your, your listeners that have never been to one and Node's, you know, coming up here, it's coming right around the corner. I highly recommend Node. It's one of the most fun conferences I've ever been to and I've been to a lot. Yeah. Uh, but just the community there is great. And, uh, and it's just that camaraderie. Like it's not weird for someone to come up to you and say, Hey, thanks or whatever. And you know, I'm, I sit right here in my home office staring at computers all day. So I love actually (laughs) getting out and physically talking to people. So if you see me come say hi, because you might be the first person I've physically interacted with outside of my wife and dog in maybe a month. So you never, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I think that's a really big part of these festivals is to physically connect with the communities that are, are pretty tight because I think we always, we recognize what we're all going through, which is a lot of isolated slogging it out to try and craft something. So yeah, the the ability to meet and to share war stories and connect um, and nerd out a little bit is always welcome. Oh yeah. I feel like with, you know, meeting in person and, 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 and then having that bond where you're like, yeah, you're an internet person, but I've actually met you. So we have that connection now too. Yeah. And I feel like that, that circle of people has gotten so big now, you know, just through going so many shows and stuff like that, where it's, it's not, I don't even consider like online people, which is like, no, I've met all of these people. I've, I've met a majority of these people. Um, and that's one of the great parts about it is that, you know, you'll have your occasional person who's like super shy. And, but, but once you see how laid back everyone is, like it's, it's so easy to come out of your shell, you know? Yeah. And that's a really great part about it too. Cause Hey, I'm I'm super shy. Like if I'm not around, if I'm not around, my wife my alpha, my wife always gives me crap. She's like, you know, when you're not around, like your design buddies and stuff, and you're around, like if I'm out and she invites her friends out, like I'm just like, okay, like I'll just <laughs> sit there <laughs> and like not initiate or anything like that. So, but I've been better about it lately. But I was like super shy. Uh, growing up and everything like I'd be that kid in the corner that wouldn't would never speak a word or anything like that so I feel like for me personally it's helped me with just being more open and initiating conversations and if I see someone at a conference that is off to the corner I'll be like hey how's it going you know I'll I'll, I'll do that because I used to be that person that was sitting off in the corner being all quiet so yeah definitely um it is hard if you're 
you're you don't know people to step into a circle or a conversation and um, contribute but yeah these communities are really inclusive and um, Nodefest I know that if you are in the southern hemisphere or wanting to come down for a trip it was awesome last year to see so many people come back from previous years but as it's growing year on year new people coming in and that community recognizing that they don't know someone and saying oh hey who are you you know it's also like you do going and sparking out those conversations our jobs to make everyone feel inclusive if you already have a lot of strong connections so for NodeFest, I wanted to ask you about your experience because you were um, one of the key speakers last year and you're traveling from Denver where you live. A massive trip for you to come all the way down under to Australia and speak last year. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't know what James was currently on at the time when he wanted me to speak, but it was like, you know, I chalked that up to career highlight bucket list kind of thing. Like I would have never thought that I'd ever go to Australia at all. And for James to invite me, was just like such a, such an honor. And, uh, like the, the actual flight over there, you know, it was like what, maybe 18 hours or something was the least of my concern. I was just so excited to, uh, to get there and just be on like the furthest from home that I've ever been. Like I've been to Japan before and again was like, extremely lucky to be invited to speak in in tokyo and osaka uh but it's it's just it's one of those things you're just like i i got invited to do this to teach to talk to people and like present stuff and talk about cinema 4d like it's just kind of crazy like i have to pinch myself sometimes for just like how lucky i've been to have those opportunities and again it's like it's all about community and, you know, I definitely like I don't know what the hell I'd be doing if I wasn't doing tutorials or, you know, whatever. I don't know how easily I would have like plugged into the community or, or if I would have even like gone to any NABs if I didn't actually get invited to one. Yeah. Um, so it's just really and I think maybe that goes to show like, again, if you've never been to one of these shows, go and introduce yourself to people like me and, you know, Nick or, you know, anyone, you know, that you've seen before, like Handel Eugene, like anyone that you're like, wow, that guy does amazing stuff or that girl does amazing stuff. Like go say hi. And you never know what's going to happen. You know, talk, talk to Matthias that works at Maxon, you know, maybe you'll get invited to the next show or, you know, get invited to the next event. Like, it's just that kind of community that is just is just so amazing and and James was was really great and just it just amazed me how he put on such a great show and it was like him and his wife basically and some volunteers and just what a great sense of community there was in Australia and just you know people that have uh you know flown there just for that like Brett Morris you know came from LA he's got family in Sydney and a few other people I know from LA that that flew in just for the conference and to see family as well. But it was just really even uh, is it Perth? Yeah. What's the on the what's the town on the all the way on the other side of Australia? Yeah, Perth is uh, quite a distance. Perth? I'm I'm from New Perth, Zealand, so but, I'm not great on uh, Australian <laughs> landscape. But it's pretty far. Yeah. Yeah, but I met uh, I think sh- I'm pretty sure Sean Dove. He does awesome tutorials on YouTube, Cinema 4D, 
Um, and I actually met him and he flew all the way from Perth as well. So it's like, you never know who you're going to run into that, you know, if you're, if you're freelancing, they might throw you some projects or whatever, or you might work on projects together. Like what some of the people that I talk to the most just randomly, because we're all weird in the, into the same stuff is, uh, Matt and Dave from MoGraph.com and David Ariev, who has done some Octane tutorial, like amazing Octane tutorials for, uh, my site, idesign.com. Yeah. And like those guys are just some of the most down to earth, fun guys to talk to and just love what they're doing at mograph.com to like, they're doing the same thing where they're trying to build the community the right way and, uh, be very inclusive. And, you know, they're doing their first big event called camp mograph in October. And, uh, I've known, I've gotten to meet so many people just through them, just because they have such a following through their podcast. Uh, as well and uh it's just so cool just you know it's just this family like this huge extended family and you go to shows and you're just like you meet new people and it's like you've known them for years you know it's just yeah. such a just such a cool thing definitely is and putting yourself out there in any way does have such rewards doing this podcast i've had both um david um, Ariev and Matt and Dave on the show in the past as well, and Brett oh, Morris, awesome. and um, you know, oh, yeah, everybody is so um, accessible. I think that's the main thing is everyone's so passionate about doing this for a living that right. they would put themselves out to have a conversation with anybody who came forward. Yeah, I think like just talking about SeaGraph that just wrapped up last week. There's people from you know, uh, Buck and animate and like all these studios that like some of my favorite studios and they're sharing their, their knowledge. And I mean, I, I know a couple, uh, like Jess Herrera, she actually won an award at, at node. And that's actually how I met her. And since that, like I, we talk all the time through Instagram and I'm like such a huge fan of hers and she got to present at, uh, Seagraph, so I was just like so happy for her, just so like stoked to see her like get get on the big stage and and ha and introduce like have her get introduced with so many people and get so many more fans of her work. Yeah. Um. But man, it's just you need to like like I said before, I would I have no idea where I'd be if I didn't put myself out there, and, that, and even that's that can translate to just you know reaching out to clients, you know. Yeah. You never, you're never going to know unless you do it and, and try. Definitely, definitely. And now it's time for the Pro Video Picks. EJ, um, Pro Video Pick can literally be anything that you would like. What would be your pick to share with everybody? So this could be like anything I want? Yeah, absolutely like anything. Advice, life yep. advice. Life advice is always good. Life advice, okay, don't do what I do. <laughs> uh i would well i mean this one of the things that i say all the time is if you're new to the industry always focus on fundamentals and and try to find your style don't just copy people just to copy people like do you enjoy that style if so try to make your own spin on it um and it's actually okay to copy bunches of people just don't copy it totally don't completely rip them off say yeah. uh I forget who said it, but like everything's a remix. Everything's a remix of something. Every artist has stolen little elements and been inspired by 
all these different artists. But the important thing is that you take those sources of inspiration, put your own twist on it, make something, you know, somewhat new. Nothing's original. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Totally. Um, I think another big thing, just uh, as far as like work-life balance, not even work-life balance, but just <laughs> maybe mental sanity and physical health is uh, I see a lot of people that just like they're working so so many long hours and stuff. They don't get outside and they're getting stressed out and they're they run into a creative block and all they do is just sit on their computer all day and try to punch through it. And I think one of the most important things that has helped me as far as like stress and just ideas and creativity is um, to just step away from the computer. It's okay. And go outside and just do just do nothing. You know, just go outside, walk. Don't have any particular place that you want to go to, but just walk and wander, and you know, even play. Like go go. You see a swing, a playground. Go play on a swing. Get that like childlike curiosity going because that's where the creativity is. And I just think just getting up is in standing. Like people are getting these standing desks all the time. Just that's mental health and physical health as well. Um, I think these days we have so, we have so much overstimulation, checking Twitter, you're checking Instagram, you're checking your phone, you're, you're checking some website, you're looking at a tutorial. You're also doing work on top of all that. Hopefully, hopefully you're doing a little bit of work on top of that, but you're so distracted that, you know, it's so hard to focus on your tasks. So it's important that you know, you, you have that cool down time for your brain to just like wander and actually try to figure out what, what a good, you know, if you, you have creative block, you know, what, a, what a good solution is for, for something. Or if you, you know, you, you do the walk thing and that's all well and good, but you need to like start crushing on this thing. Uh, one of the things that I've, uh, I think it was, uh, Matt and Cena from uh, the future, he had like this really good video about like removing distractions and stuff like that. I don't have to when we're when we're done with that, I'll have to send you the link. Maybe put it in the show notes or something. Yeah, yeah. But it was like just how to focus. He said like when you get on your job, like focus like intently on your work for like half an hour, and then take like a, a five minute break and just do whatever. Check your email and stuff. So like do it in chunks and little bursts. Like hide your phone, turn it off, like get it out of view. So a lot of like really great, great tips from that. And I always highly recommend that because what I used to do is just sit at my computer all day and get, you know, I'd be stuck and you just get more and more frustrated because like I've gotten nowhere. Like I've been farting around in Cinema 4D, got nothing done today. Um, but then you find like, you know, I'm, I'm laying in bed, right? And then you suddenly all these ideas start coming to me. I have to like pick up my phone and go to my notes app and start writing down all this stuff because you know, why is that? It's because you're not looking at the internet. You're not watching TV. Your mind is just resting and can allow all these, you know, random thoughts and, and, and solutions just enter your head. That stream of consciousness, consciousness can finally flow. That's awesome. So that's my that's my pick. It's an excellent one. I will definitely put that link into show notes as well as other yes. links to uh, your website and um, School of Motion. And we'll also add a link to the Pro Video Slack group 
another little community to join. The, the Slack groups are quite popular for motion design. There's a number of them. There's even one for NodeFest as well, which um, yes. you're a part of, um, EJ. Yes, I am. Yep. So we'll have all those links in the show notes. But um, the next question is following. Who are you following online, EJ? Well, I have to say, uh, Jess Herrera again, um, she, she's doing amazing stuff. She's working at Animate, which is like as far as just style and creativity and just sense of humor and playfulness. There's just such a cool studio. Um, another one is Aaron Martinez, who is a, uh, I think a South, a South American artist who does like really, really awesome, uh, character designs. And I just really love his style. And it's like, you know, being, be inspired by people and be inspired by artists, but also, you know, put your own spin on it. So I always like his styles of character. When I do my own characters, I, I am really inspired by him and, and a bunch of other artists. Um, just speaking of if there's anyone out there that's really big into just character um, designs and just character artists. Uh, and this is something I just discovered like last year, but there's this group called Pictoplasma and they have this book and I bought the book. It's always sitting here next to me by my uh, workstation, but it's just all these really talented um, character artists. And a lot of them are 3D. Some of them are 2D. Some of them are like actual physically based, uh, like make things out of clay or, or wood. Um, but Pictoplasma is actually a, a conference as well. It's all characters. And that's actually how I, you know, like Aaron Martinez is in that. And a lot of these uh, character designers that I really love and look up to are are in that. And it's funny because a lot, a lot of the artists I like are from South America or Spain. I don't know what it is about the sensibility of the culture, if it's like more colorful or what it is. Uh, but I just love the work that's coming out of that part of the world these days. Um, let's see who else am I following? I would. S- that's, that's a pretty good list anyway. Yeah, so we'll have good. the links, yeah. links in there and then, um, inspirational video like to just, and it's always a bit of a hard one, uh, to narrow down one piece of inspirational video, but it could really be anything. Would you have a recommendation there? I think I would get just because it's fresh on my mind. The one video, that I just mentioned from Matthew and Cena about uh, just keeping up your creativity and just ways to just really focus and get your job done and have that, that work life balance. There's just so it's funny because you try to like, Oh, what's something that's been inspiring? Like I see inspire, I see about 50 inspiring videos each day on Instagram. It's like, I feel like you're just so bombarded by so many cool things that it's hard to keep everything together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, again, have the link in the show notes. And finally, yes. um, who would you like to be on the show in the future as a future guest? Who would you recommend? Well, I've been talking a lot about uh, Jess. So I would say her just because she's she is huge right now. She's taken over the world. <laughs> uh, she won an award at Node. She's speaking at Seagraph. Uh, and she's just doing really amazing stuff. Um Awesome pick. And hey, yeah. I, I also talked a lot about Matthew and Cena. He'd be really good to great, uh, get on to from the future. And uh, uh, Matthias from Maxon. If you haven't had him on, I highly recommend him as well. He's really, really great. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for those. Yeah, um, I met Jess last year at um, NodeFest in Melbourne, and um, she won the Ident Comp, which um, this year's Ident Comp is actually open at the moment. So if you want to win license of Cinema 4D, that's up for grabs, and um, you don't have to physically be there, I don't think. You don't have to be a ticket holder. I think you can just enter it, um, create a short animation based on the node ident, and that's what Jess did. And um, everyone was blown away with the work that she created. Um, and I think that she used to be a Maya artist, wasn't she? And then she got Cinema yeah. 4D and had to like learn it based on the fact that she won the comp and won Cinema 4D. Right, yeah. She like was just kind of fumbling her way through Cinema 4D and she made this like amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> and she yeah, it's just and the and the and another thing is like these people that you look up to or you just talk to, like they're so willing to share what they do, like any, you know, tricks and stuff like that that they do. Like that's why I talk to her so often because I'm like, how did you do that? Like what is, and she'll reach out to me, like, how do you do this? Like I know how to do this in Maya, but and that's just like again, just the great thing about this community is everyone's so willing to help each other out. Totally, totally. That's a perfect place to um, end this episode. Thank you so much for being on the show, EJ. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be looking forward to more from you because you're taking this break. Let's keep it going. Yeah, man. Totally, totally. Okay, I have one last little question. It's like... Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> EJ, what does that stand for? Okay, you get... Three guesses. <laughs> uh, like now, I feel like I'm on the spot. I was trying to put you on the spot, man. Um, nope, nope. <laughs> just flip the flip the table on you. Um, okay. Um, oh my goodness. I'm so like, start with the E. Let's see. Um, uh, Ethan. Think. No, think biblical names. Ah, uh, Elijah. Uh, no, I'm. I, I'm well, actually for it. the first name, think of like kings, and then for the J, think of biblical. Um, think of kings' names. Come on, British, Australian. British. You should know this. It's like <laughs> you learned this in school, right? Um, I'm really at a loss. Earl. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the first <laughs> one, but I'm really. You have to figure out the J. Okay. Okay. So the first name Edward. Edward. Oh, okay. Yeah. The kings. There, wasn't there King Edward, Prince Edward? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely Prince Edward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, Jay, James. That's the easy. That's the easy guess. <laughs> so, what was the clue for that one? It's biblical. So, uh, James is. That's also a king, right? King James. I think so. Yeah. Uh, my mum. Uh, my son's middle name. That's why that came to me. Um. Give me two more. Okay. Two more guesses. Jesus. That's biblical. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one it's, Jesus. It's Octane Jesus. So it's not um, Edward Jesus. Julian. I don't know. I really don't know. Jacob. Jacob. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I totally, totally failed on that that little quiz but, and it wasn't even we my didn't say jebediah someone <laughs> said that before uh, elijah jebediah uh Jesus was good so uh, that's awesome edward um jacob cool the edward jacob hasenfratz the fourth the fourth. the fourth so yeah wow royalty over here 
Nice, nice. Okay, <laughs> that was an awesome ending to the show. So, yeah, thank you very much for being on. And everybody, um, click on the links in the show notes, especially the Slack group one. Jump on in there and um, hit us up, and we'll see you on the next show. Thanks again, and thank you, EJ, again. Thank you so much for having me, Blair. All right, everybody, have a great week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.